I am unashamed. What about you? All right. Well, I'm fortunate to be here. Yesterday. <laughs> yes. And James, we're fortunate to have you. Did you have a near-death experience, son? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but that wasn't, that wasn't that interesting. What was interesting, <laughs> I mean, I'll mention it. One of the plane rides I took was was it was it was a near death experience, but I was just emotionless. I'm not bragging. Was it private or it just, I was commercial. What happened was the last time I was with y'all, I was planning to go to Virginia, which I did. Went on the East Coast, metal detecting. It was an awesome trip, but you know, it's not I know you don't find find it that exciting. Because we're, you know, we're looking for, for history, things that have been lost and that are just rotting away. Because what, what I didn't find out until I went to Virginia, there's a lot of people out there, they tend to lean left, by the way, who they don't want you <laughs> digging, digging up old things out under the ground. They're like, just leave it. You're disturbing history. So it's just going to rot. So, uh, but it was, it was amazing history. I hadn't heard that before. Oh yeah. They, they called metal detector. They called us land looters. We're, we're looting the land. Yeah. I, they were filling me in on all this. You know what I, I realized is that some people have a problem when other people are having a good, good time. Yep. Well, you're getting there. That's yeah. it. But we found, uh, I even I have some of my I hadn't even cleaned them up yet, but uh, I'll I'll get them out at some point. Y'all can take a picture of them. the The first thing that happened was the guy who invited us. He knew a guy that owned some land, and so because when you're metal detecting, finding history. I mean, this is we're near the birthplace of America over here, and I when I looked at that river. The place where we were hunting, I thought, yep, I see why they were going up this river and said, let's, we're going to stay right here because I could live there. I mean, it was awesome. No, it's just majestic. I mean, the countryside was unbelievable. So, anyway, we get out there and everybody's getting their machines. I was with Garrett, so they had their camera crew. They were going to film me, you know, get a few. Nuggets of wisdom, I guess. Of course, I'm just learning. <laughs> and so I had the machine, and he's like, the guy who is is organizing all this, he's like, the dirt's different, and the, the, we were going to hunt this field, and he's like, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of bullets out here. And so he was trying to get me to come over there. I was getting all my stuff ready to go. I mean, you got a shovel and you got your little belt with your pin pointer and you got your metal detector. And he's like, come over. He kept trying to get me to come over because he said, I got a bullet, but I, I want you to listen and see how subtle the sound is. So I, when, by the time I get over there and they're all kind of standing around watching. Well, when I turned around, my metal detector just went bloop, 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 bloop. And it was flashing 80 on my readings, which means good dig now. And I said, well, what about this 80 right here? And he's like, do what? I was like, because this little subtle thing that may be a bullet, I'm getting like a 40 or a 50. And it's, I was like, but listen to this. I mean, they could hear it through my earphones. 
He's like, yeah, I think I dig that up. Because he had just said we were probably only going to find bullets out there. But that this is something good. So I dug it up. Uh, I have it in here somewhere. I'll dig it out. And it was a large scent from like, I think they said it was in the uh, mid-1800s. You ever seen one? I think it was only worth one penny, but it's like, it's, it's, quite, it's quite large. And so I figured that was a pretty good sign when I've been here a total of five minutes and I've dug up something that I've never seen before. So, well, I have it in here somewhere. Oh, here it is. I, don't know if, I haven't even cleaned it up yet. So, see the dirt? I don't know if, can y'all see that? We'll get a. We'll, is that we'll, the original color of it? That's it's. Just, well, no, this is called patina. Yeah. When I think this is copper base. So is it money? Yeah, it's one cent. I'm sure it's worth more than that at this stage. But we don't. We're not. This is priceless. You know what we're doing. This is. I'm. I would never sell this. Yeah. I mean, this is awesome. So anyway, I found a few bullets. Uh, I found quite a few buttons and i'll lay them all out civil war buttons you got to remember the place where we were at the guy was telling me he said they, they've owned the place for like over 20 years but when they were like cleaning it up and first got the place there was a well out there and he said they pumped the well out and they were just gonna clean it out well at the bottom of the well was six union soldiers and whatever they had on their body yeah of course, they got to call the law, you know, and they get out there. I mean, they didn't even get to keep any of the stuff, which I so, guess that's. So they got killed and somebody threw them down the well? Well, who knows, Al? There, oh, thank you, sir. There, there's, there's, I'm sure there's a story there, but I just thought, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a morbid story, but yeah. it, it just goes to show you where we were at was the hub of you know, the Civil War. So the, us finding all those bullets, I'm dropping stuff here. Oh, here we go. And uh, us, us, I knew we were in the, in the right area. So it was fun. What my, my favorite part of it was, though, because here we are, most of these guys I don't know. I mean, I knew the guys from Garrett, and the guy who was going to go with me, Murray, he backed out at the last second. But he said, why don't you start us off with a prayer? I thought, I like that. I mean, we were fixing, the, which I found the one, the one cent. And so, yeah. you know, I did. But what was fascinating about that, just a prayer, is that the guy who owned the place wasn't 10 minutes. And he started coming toward me. I thought he had found something good and wanted me to see it. And he was like, what's the story of your dad? He's like, I've heard, you know, bits and pieces. And so I used that as an opportunity to share Jesus and the transformation that happened and uh he said i have a similar you know a similar happening so i just thought you know you find whatever you're doing i mean this is good clean fun we love to do it but i think these god moments are i realize i'm up here to have a conversation with this fella he was dating this his his girlfriend and of course i went the same deal i was like how long y'all y'all been dating and you know, it was a while. I forgot what the number was. I was like, well, you need to marry the girl. So that night at supper, we ate, by the way, they got some oysters out of some river there, way better than ours. 
the best oysters I've ever right. eaten in my life. They smoked them in like a, in a grill. I, it was they were spectacular. So that was another thing. Like ours are big. Were they smaller? They were bigger, I thought. Yeah, they they were out in the salt water, the, the coastline. I don't I guess know. So. They it, weren't it, freshwater it was, oysters. They were they were salty oysters. Well, I ate two dozen of them. Did you take? Were they salty? <laughs> they didn't taste salty. There was n- zero like wow gate. It was just oh, just melting your mouth. Yeah. I mean, I could eat a dozen more right now. So it was a positive experience. Uh, and so what happened was I was, you know, Willie has a, uh, a new show that's come out. I think it's on Facebook. Well, he had asked me to be on a show. So it's like my assistant, uh, you know, get with your production people. And so, yeah, well, I thought it was this past Saturday, but my assistant said, no, it's next Saturday. So then I was like, oh, perfect. And, uh, because me and my daughter, had a soccer game she's in the playoffs and she asked me you know to watch a game but through the season she got hurt broke her finger playing soccer and uh the games were either during the week when i i was here and it just it just wasn't working out but now we're in the playoffs so i'm like i gotta go see because you know playoffs one and one and you're done and I, i've said i'll be there so i told missy or it was Missy's idea. She's like, why don't you just fly from there? I was like, well, look, I got the same clothes on that I had when I left. I traveled light here. And I've kind of let myself go. <laughs> the line was, she said, I think you let yourself go 30 years ago. So that was, we kind of had a laugh about that. So anyway, so I flew to Austin. And uh, of course, I get there. and Willie's like, see you tomorrow, you know, for the tv show and it was miscommunication so anyway I, I wasn't on the show but then i was all in with the soccer game so i was like i'm not i'm here and so we had a good time i was impressed uh, you know jeff's daughters play too and our daughters you know they don't start or anything my daughter's only been playing about three months i mean she played when she was seven or eight but what i was shocked at it one is how impressive her school team is and two how much better she had gotten and jeff's daughter's just through coaching, which is why they're now moved on to the semifinals of the of the. I mean, it was it was spectacular. So we had an awesome time. The problem started, and which what I started this conversation is when I was going to come back because I don't have a vehicle back to West Monroe. Back to West Monroe. So this is yesterday. So the weather looked bad. So instead of flying in late. Last night, I said, I better take an earlier flight in case there's any problems weather-wise. So Missy takes me to the airport. I get up at 8. I get to the airport at like 8.30, I think. And uh, In the morning? 8.30 in the morning. Which, to fast forward this story, I pulled in at my house last night at about 11 p.m. in a rental car. One of the <laughs> top 10 worst days of my life traveling in america so it's a it's a hassle here's what happened <clears throat> everything's hang on, hang on let's take a break so one of the things i talk about a lot jason our one of our sponsors is omega xl 
is uh, is inflammation. And, you know, now we've been doing this long enough. I, I talk to a lot of people who have now, since they heard about it on the podcast, have tried it. So I'm starting to get some personal testimonials of people that are like, man, I've had this chronic situation for a long time, but I am feeling better. I, and I said, look, give it two months. I took, long yeah, I took my first couple the other day after my tw- two 12-hour days of digging in the dirt. I, I just could barely walk. <laughs> my hand quit working. Just <laughs> just swinging the metal detector, my hand, it quit working. I was like, well, yeah. I'm done. And I was like, we did a commercial. Uh, where is that? <laughs> and I gave you some bottles. Well, good yeah. words. Well, yep. Welcome into the, to the anti-inflammation waters. I took the uh, plunge, and I did feel better. Excellent. All right, so look, if you guys want to try it, because I'm telling you, uh, Jason, he just told you, Dad and I both swear by it. So you go to OmegaXL.com slash Phil. You buy your first bottle. You get your second bottle free, which is great because you heard it here. Or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888 and get some inflammation help quickly. Every Does this story ever end or you just keep on up with it till we finally just start falling asleep? It's and then- this is the beginning of this story, Phil. I just have you ever seen that movie Planes? Well, when does the beginning of the end take place? Well, I was telling you about my, my right thirty Friday. You got in at eleven. You're in one piece. Yeah. End of story, Jace. No, <laughs> I just think people who travel, and if you want to know the pulse of America right now, I just thought I would share what happened. This is a day in the life of, I was going to say post-pandemic, but, or pre-economy boom, wherever people say we're at, or, you know, we have the vaccine. So, I mean, number one, you have have to have a mask on at all times now. It's federal law. So, and and if anybody does not, it's literally, you, they, people come to you and they didn't do it to me because I had my mask on. Although I did have a gator, I started off with that, and one of the oh. airplane gate people said those are no longer allowed. So I thought, that's crazy. So let's see. I didn't get coronavirus. Yeah. I didn't wear a mask. I did get vaccinated the other day, two shots. So I'm officially vaccinated and 96% of them, um, you don't get it once you get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So where where did I go wrong? I don't think you I never them. caught it. I don't have it. <laughs> I've been vaccinated for it. And what's the mask thing? I don't, I don't, I, don't, well, I can't give it to you. I can't, no one can give it to me. Make sure you leave with a mask. I'm not, I don't get the mask thing. I don't have an answer for you. So I get on the plane. And I look. think that's the pulse of America. Nobody has an answer for anything. <laughs> so I'm going to go from Dallas to Monroe from Austin, right? So right, I got it. we get on the runway, fix the takeoff, and we just sit there. And it started feeling a little bit uncomfortable. And so... And, and and just one little clarification, I 
they they had said that we were going to be delayed 20 minutes. So I looked at my turnaround time from Dallas, and it was like 40. So I got panicked before and said, look, let me just take a later flight to Shreveport, and I'll drive. So I had, while I was making that that happen, the plane is filling up, and so I was the last person on the plane. And so when I go to my seat, it had a ribbon on the seat and said, broken. Oh, no. So I go to sit down, and the the flight attendant said, you can't sit there. Well, I looked around. There's no other seats. And so I said, well, this is where it says I'm supposed to sit. She's like, well, it's broken. <laughs> she was staying in the office. I wasn't getting frustrated. I was just like, well, where exactly do you want me to sit? <laughs> and uh, She said, well, can you step off the plane and let us work it out? Okay. So I step off the plane. Well, the person sitting behind me in the broken seat, they get escorted off the plane because they had given my seat away while I was, they didn't give my seat away, but they didn't realize it was broken since I was the last one. They filled the plane up. And so yeah, that was the first thing that happened. So then I was sitting and then everybody's looking at me like, well, yeah, this old boy took that person's seat i mean because i felt horrible about it but what do you do so uh so then we person when he walked i mean i heard some i didn't know what they were saying that they weren't happy and which is understandable (laughs) (laughs) you know you 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 get escorted off so then we said first uh you said you found trying to find the pulse of america so first and foremost i've heard enough to say they're unhappy. Yeah, I sent some tension. How about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No pulse, but a lot of tension. You're not going to believe what I'm fixed to go down, the road I'm fixed to go down. So we sit here for about 20 minutes on the runway, and then it turns into 30, and then it sends, goes to 40, and then it's an hour. Nobody said Ooh. anything. The engine is off. It's about 80 and rising. Oh, and you got that mask on, you can't hardly breathe. And there's a guy in first class that every five minutes, he starts saying, this is unacceptable. And, <laughs> I mean, at first I just thought, who is he talking to? And then I was like, he, he's talking to the staff here. He's talking about living on planet Earth. <laughs> the whole thing is unacceptable. And people were kind of laughing at this point, you know. Well... The captain comes out after about an hour, and he didn't get on the mic. He and it was an older gentleman, kind of a short fella, and he just yells. He's like, "We're delayed. The you know the Dallas airport is shut down. It's the weather. I apologize. There's nothing we can do." I mean, it was kind of a passionate speech, and I thought, "Well, okay, he he's communicated." Did There's, he work for the airlines? He was the captain. He was driving the driving the plane. And so, uh, well, then did he hear the guy? Was the door I'm open? Sure was he that's hearing the- yeah, I'm sure he heard it out. He was yelling. And so time keeps traveling, and here's where it all went south. When we got to the two-hour mark, we're still on the runway, two hours. Oh. 
the the flight attendant male made a mistake because he came on the mic and said that federal law won't allow them to keep people longer than two hours. And so they we were going to pull back to the gate, and if anybody had to go to the bathroom or what what have you, you you could volunteer to get off. So which which was a something because I'm I'm ready to get off this plane now. Whether we get back on it, I mean I, I'm uncomfortable, and everybody and now the there's more people saying this is unacceptable. So anyway, we get to the jetway. Well, that won't work. They come out and said there's a problem with that. So we're missing the people who put the. Well, now the guy who's saying this is unacceptable, he's now putting in four-letter words in between that statement and throwing in some more bells and whistles. Now it's getting heated. Passions and tempers are starting to flare because now they've already told us they can't keep us for more than two hours. Now we can't get off. So they finally get get the jetway fixed. Now we're two hours and, what, 20 minutes in. So the guy on the ground opens the door and comes in and gives this speech. He says, look, we haven't got the word whether we're going to fly or not. So if you get off this plane, there's no guarantee that you'll get your luggage. If you leave this flight, you will not get a refund. He goes through this checklist of, of basically saying there's no reason for you to leave. But I listened to the checklist, and at this point I said, you know what? I'm I'm leaving. I'm gonna rent a car and I'm out of here. But but when they said you you can get off the plane, well a line for him and it was like a stampede. Well the guy in the front of the line, he didn't want to get off the plane. He said I want to talk to the captain. I want to talk to the captain and kind of beat on the door, which made everybody uncomfortable. Captain comes out. Oh, that's a bad. This guy, he says. We've been here over two hours. I'm with him on that. Then he said, and no one has tested anybody for the coronavirus. And I was like, do what? Do what now? Yeah. He said, I mean, nobody's taking any temperature. He said, people are dying. Well, I looked around like, are people dying here? How many alive ones you had left? How many dead ones? <laughs> there was nobody dead. He just meant people are dying of the coronavirus. I get it. And he's like, you're not testing and he just goes off. And so I'm like, what are we doing? What, 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 what's happening? Well, that just further escalated You're things. You're feeling now. the pulse of America. Yeah. For now that's escalated that. And so then the guy, the who the ground guy's like, if you get off this plane, there's no, he, here he starts his speech again. He's trying to talk over the guy ranting about the coronavirus, lack of testing on the plane on the runway. So at that point, I've never even heard of people being tested on a plane. I mean, this man has lost his mind. I've, that's never happened as far as I've yeah, ever heard. Yeah, I, I don't know, Al. I don't know what to say. But all it did was escalate tensions is my point. Let's take another break. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about the coronavirus. Um, here's something I didn't know. I don't know if you guys know this or not that one of the best things you can do for your immune system is have a good night's sleep. You know, I mean, it, it, I guess it makes perfect sense, but I never really related it to your immune system. But sleep is important, you know, for you to not have a down system and be able to catch diseases. So if for, if for no other reason, 
we talk about getting a good night's sleep, now maybe it'll help you with the coronavirus as well. One of our products that we talk about a lot on podcasts is a, there's a company called Helix Sleep. They make fantastic mattresses. Uh, Jason and I own several uh, yeah. and basically went online and took a little quiz, found out kind of what our bodies um, respond to the best, whether it's a softer mattress or a harder mattress. Um, and you can do that. If you go to helix.com slash unashamed, take the little quiz. They got a 10 year warranty. Uh, you can try it out for a hundred nights risk-free. So you don't like it. Uh, you, you don't have to keep it. Uh, they'll, they'll pick it up. So they're offering up to $200 on all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. If you go to helixsleep.com slash unashamed, we'll check these guys out. Helixsleep.com slash unashamed, $200 off and two free pillows. So at this point, I'm, I have now moved to the front of the line because every time they're saying what you won't get if you get off the plane, somebody goes, they keep coming back. Well, now I'm at the front. And I said, I'm getting off the plane. And he said, he started his speech again. I said, I heard the speech. And he's like, we're not refunding your money. I said, keep it. I'm getting <laughs> off. He said, you won't get your bags. I said, I have them in my hand. I didn't check baggage. <laughs> so then he said, but I'll have to reboot the computer and pull it, pull it up. I said, why? Uh, he said, to cancel you out. I said, I'll wait. Let's go together. <laughs> and he just, he had nothing else to say. And so when he walked out, the male flight attendant put his arm up because I was fixed to walk out. Well, there was a young, the girl flight attendant. I looked at her and she said, very softly she said i just go and so i just went through his arm which i felt a little weird about it but i thought you've already told me i can get off and now you're i just went through his arm he was gonna yeah he was blocking the blocking the door i mean you know so i thought i'm getting off this plane so i'm following the guy we go up to the computer he turns it on it took five seconds he said, I need your ID very rudely, you know. I said, there you go. <coughs> he said, okay. It took 10 seconds. But here's what got me. He said, you're free to go. I was walking away, and he said that. And I thought, I, love, I said, free to go. I said, this is America. I mean, because it just got all <laughs> over me. Because that, I realized right in that moment, you're free to go means you have been under my absolute control and power. Yep. I will now relinquish you. You got to remember the first stages of Marxism, <laughs> socialism, <laughs> is you bow to us. And that's, y'all are laughing. Right. Y'all are laughing. You're saying they've already implemented it. Get them used to, right. get them used to bowing and cowing. Yeah. Or you, or you can't do it. Yep. So, no, you're right. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a horrible experience, and uh, so then I go to rent a car. Well, I go up there and I was like, I like to rent a car, and I'm talking to my assistant the whole time. By the time. way, the only time now after hearing that story that I will ever use aircraft as as a, a means of transportation, it'd be private flights. Yeah, I'm not going to well, go hey, up there and get it at an airport. Bring, I don't care. If somebody says, we'll pay you a million dollars to go get yeah. on a plane and fly and say hello to us over here in the middle of Virginia, I said, no. 
Yeah. Well, bring your wallet when you do yeah. that. But I will, <laughs> I will say this. And look, by the way, they eventually canceled that flight. I mean, you know, I got off. Eventually, I all got off. That's just, you know, in case I forget to say that. So I go to get the rental car. Well, I'll go up there. Longer, I have to suffer, you know, after you got off. Who knows? Oh, I know. I, I don't I hate to know. So I go to the rental car place. I need a rental car. I need to get from here to here. And they're like, well, we need a credit card. And uh, so I hand him one. And he's like, no, we don't. It can't be a debit card. I was like, it's, it's not. It's it's you can use it for debit or he said it says debit, so we got into a little bit, which I don't know about credit cards. <laughs> I'm saying he's like no, and uh, so he said uh, have a nice day, sir. And I was like, so what? You know, I was have a nice day. Uh, and so I realized something, <laughs> just like I said a while ago. I'm realizing that all these phrases that we take for granted, they mean something else. Because the last time I had somebody tell me to have a nice day was when I got kicked out of the Trump Hotel. And this <laughs> rental car guy said, have a nice day, as in leave our place of business. Yep. So I go down to the next car rental place. Guess what? Same thing. You can't have this car. So I go to the next one. The next one was funny because he was like, oh, so because he, he tried to explain his position. He's like, so, yeah, so you're going to go fly home. I mean, uh, go drive home. He's like, and we're just going to trust that this money's here. And I was like, because he looked at me like, yeah, this old boy. I said, well, I actually have two houses, one there and one here. And he went, oh, do you now? Well, good for you. And then I realized something. <laughs> Good for you means you are a ball face liar. Well, I've uh, I've felt through your words, I've felt all the pulse I need to feel. Well, so look, so I get to the fifth one, last one, and it was a nice girl named Angela. It was actually at Hurt, so I I'll give you a free advertisement here, because she was like, look, we have the same principle. But I understand if you know somebody here who has a credit card that that's just a credit card, you can get them to come up here and we can, you know, you can sign on with them and take the car. So I'm like, all right, let me think about this. So at that point, I, I'm done. And then now I realize I've, I'm out of the airport. I can't get a car. And it. I, I just saw a bench there and I sat on it and I thought, I'm pretty much, I'm done here. <laughs> I don't know. Your next option. Your next option is walking. Yeah, the absurdity of everything had made that slip my mind that I'm now just walking. <laughs> so here's the funniest. I told this whole long story to get to this point. So well, I took my mask off because I'm outside, you know. I'm just sitting there kind of gathering myself <laughs> And this guy says, Jace? Well, it was just somebody who recognized me. He's like, what are you doing? I said, you know, I'm looking for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of chuckled. And he's like, I mean, what happened? I said, well, so I started telling him the story. And he said, no, I just mean in life. And I thought, oh, this guy, he thinks I'm just walking the country. <laughs> These are duck, you know, duck show post years. <laughs> 
Jace is falling for yeah. Priest. He's falling. I was like, from this guy's perspective, the last time he saw me was on TV, and he's like, you're just bumming around. You know, I got the same clothes I've had on for a week. <laughs> and I didn't tell him any different. I'm he like, was thinking in, the, in terms of last man standing. Old Jace. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, to finish the story, Missy winds up coming up. We meet up. We go back to the girl. Look, I get in line, and I was like, I, I tried to tell the guy in front of me because it was three. They had three representatives. I said, I'm gonna go to this girl, and I'll make it worth your while. So, like, if his name got called by the girl, I was gonna pay this guy. I offered him twenty bucks. He never said a word to me. I made the offer, and he just looked at me, which was kind of weird. But fate worked out. Because the guy in the middle called him, and then Angela, I said, it's destiny. And she waited <laughs> right there till Missy to get there. We signed for it. I got in the car. Now, I did. If I had to do it all over again, I would recommend that. Uh, I don't want to throw them under the bus, I guess. But any, I wouldn't rent a car that, belent, that, that begins with the letter K. I mean, I got halfway home, and I was like, and, of course, it was driving thunderstorms, and I'm in this little bitty car, you know, and had about seven or eight people recognize me, you know, and they're looking like, oh, boy, nice car, Jace. <laughs> <laughs> so I pulled in at 11 o'clock last night. But I'll tell you this. I thought about it, and I could have had a bad attitude, but I thought, you know what? I got to be with my daughter with my wife, I got to see the soccer. I mean, when I look back, it was a family decision that I made. I'm glad I made it. But I do feel like more than ever now that people are angry and panicky and frustrated. And it just, really I've are. never seen the amount of frustration and just bad manners and lack of being professional. Because, you know, one of those rental car people, this was crazy. I said, because it hit me. I'm like, what are we talking about credit card? I was like, I'll just pay cash. I had, I mean, loads of cash. And he said, we don't take cash. So he wouldn't like, take oh. cash or a card. I was like, well, wait a minute here. You won't take cash? Oh, he's like, no. And I thought, no wonder all these rental car companies are on the brink of bankruptcy. You won't take, <laughs> it's got to be the right card. When you won't take cash, I was shocked. You know, so anyway, good luck. So if you ever want to get a rental car, rental car, you have to have a certain type of credit card or trust me, you're walking. <laughs> Let's take another break. Well, I think your greater point is in dad's right. And I've noticed the same thing because I travel probably more than you do, Jay, that air travel was always pressure centric anyway because people are in a position where they're it's not really comfortable to fly even the little perks that made it better all that's gone now with coronavirus so you know they won't serve anything on the plane you can't go somewhere and relax it's not just out with the hordes of people and so it just tensions are you're right it's more and more i just had a trip too but it, it's bad i mean and dad's yeah. right i think there's this whole thing about being having under the thumb of, of the government has just put people in a bad position, you know, no doubt about it. It really is. 
<clears throat> well, actually, so I, we had a question uh, from a couple of different questions. They're, they're separate, but they're related. It actually kind of fits in well with your story, Jace. Um, one of, this person said, these came from Twitter, I think. Uh, this person said, um, my focus, my question is focused on a statement they made, meaning us. There are no rules, which, Jace, you make that statement quite a bit. Well, I Within think, I got, I, think great, I got that for, from Colossians. So just clarify. Yeah. Chapter two. So he asked the question, or this person was a he, uh, how do you harmonize that with what Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, the Great Commission, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you uh, when he was talking to the disciples? And then another person said, how do you break free from legalism? Because I, I think those two are kind of related. So we were just talking about living in a society instead of freedom uh, in, in all areas that's becoming more and more non-freedom in terms of other people telling you what you can do, you know, how many masks you can wear, blah, blah, blah. Rules, so rules, rules, rules. And the rules are growing. <clears throat> you know, with the new, new, new sheriff in uh, Washington, there will be more rules uh, more for rules. the next four years. Well, they so get... what would y'all say... They get that, which I've I've done this many times, but you know, in Colossians two, in verse, I mean, after he talks about who Christ is in verse nine, he says, "For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is head over everything." And then he talks about you had your old self crucified cut off having been buried with Jesus in baptism in verse 12. And then it says in 13. So when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive. He forgave us all our sins. And here's the phrase having canceled the written code with its rules and regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. And so what's so weird about that is that even in this version of the Bible that I have, which is an NIV, in the next chapter, chapter 3, they have two headings, which is not inspired, was not in the original language. And in chapter 3, it says, rules for holy living. And chapter 3 and verse 18, it says, rules for Christian households. And I'm like, he just canceled the rules and regulations the written code and you're trying to help the bible writer by the holy spirit saying well here's now here's the rules so that's <laughs> the reason i made the statement what this guy has done is said well what about when it says obey the teaching my short answer would be it's more about motivation you do right things, obviously, because they're like, well, how, how, we're, you're not going to do right if we don't have rules. But when you think, where's the verse that says, uh, in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves, the one that says, the grace of God teaches us to say no, we respond with favorable <clears throat> actions because of grace, not that we think we can be good and earn somehow by our own merit. Uh, God's favor. Jesus talked about qualities. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You say, what kind of person would that be? Not, uh, he's a person that's uh, not prideful. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's qualities of life based on a heart change regarding Jesus. Blessed are the merciful. They'll be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. It's all about the heart, Jace. Yeah. For they'll see God. Blessed are the peacemakers instead of the haters and the warmongers. For they'll be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when you're insulted, when they persecute you, when they falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Rejoice and be glad. Great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who before you. And over in Matthew, just a little while later, 5, make it uh, 7. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but emily are ferocious wolves. Check this out. By their fruit, you will recognize them, their qualities. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Every good tree, what Jesus wants us to do is bear good fruit. Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So, a lot of them will claim miracles and all kinds of wonders, saying he goes on to say, but uh, he said, I never knew who you were. So, qualities over rules. Love, joy, peace, they're not rules. They're qualities of what a person is, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the things that Jesus wants coming out of his people. Those things. Go ahead, Al. I was just going to say, let's take one last break. Uh, and to your point, Dad, you remember when they asked Jesus what what was the greatest commandments, and he said, "Love God and love your neighbor." I mean, he he simplified it to qualities. the quality of life. Yep. Which is well, and that's so the qual- said- that's the qualities that were absent yesterday. You know, now that I think about that it, that is correct. You know, I had a good point. The the what we needed in that whole situation was some love, some patience, some kindness, yep. some that's gentleness, right. some self control. That's right. It just wasn't there. Which That's right. Wasn't there. Which is when I go out of my way, Jason, when I travel, Lisa and I try to be that. You know, when people are being ugly, maybe even, you know, people that work for the airlines, whatever, we try to elevate the game. It's not easy. So, Jason, uh, Titus 2, 11 and 12, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It, meaning the grace, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly yeah. passions and to live controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, which is kind of what we're talking about. And the, <clears throat> another thing is, I've, just back to that passage that he mentioned in Matthew, when he says, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, he just commanded them to go to all nations and baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I've always thought the context of him saying that means that. Uh, he's not talking about every all the law or all the commandments or whatever. He's talking about in the moment. I just told you this. Now go do it. And the ones you do it to, you teach them to do the same thing. So I think that's why it's important to, you know, 
study the Bible contextually as to what Jesus was saying in that moment, instead of trying to apply it, you know, to some other idea. Yep. The qualities a man will possess or a woman add to your faith. Second Peter one verse chapter one, about verse five, add to your faith, goodness to goodness, knowledge to knowledge, self-control to self-control, perseverance, then godliness, brotherly kindness, and if you possess and and, uh, and love, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Anyone who does not have them, he's nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he's been cleansed of his past sins. Be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. It's a lifestyle that Jesus wants, and it's not based on rule keeping. Because rule keeping never works, Al. It doesn't. In fact, a good read for folks that are. You Jay's know, got a dose a of that at the airport yesterday. Rule keepers. Oh, I, and it's everywhere. Uh, Romans seven and Romans eight is a great place to go. You read that that context there when Paul talks. So he he plainly shows the difference between law and how it affects you versus correct. sin. In fact. He said in verse 7, what shall I say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. Indeed, I would not have known what sin was except through the law. It was not that the God's law is a bad thing. It's just we couldn't keep it. Therefore, it couldn't save us. Therefore, it can't save anybody. So you have to have that realization. And if you think by rule keeping that that makes you right with God, you're off base every that's, time. Well, that's correct. Exactly. So that's basically what, what that means in that context. Now, you, it was interesting, Dad. We just got a little bit of time left you know, on the podcast, but I had another question, and you actually read that text uh, from Matthew 7 because the person asked me, what do you make of this? This was from Scott on Twitter. Matthew 7, where basically Jesus said, you know, people are going to say, well, you know, I did all this in your name, and oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I was able I performed whatever. And Jesus said, you know, away from me, I never knew you. Uh, you know, which is scary to people because they're like, I thought I was doing the right thing. So you, you mentioned it in the context of rule keeping, but, but what's a quick answer uh, for, for that context, do you think? Because you can get self-absorbed and follow man-made rules and make lots of claims. But if you, you know, there's another verse in there. I wrote it down somewhere. Where is it? Uh, uh, Matthew 15, about 7 through 20, uh, he mentions again that uh, they had neglected faith, mercy. They had neglected that and for the sake of rule keeping. And uh, they were a yeah. hostile group. I tell you this, they thought they were canceling Jesus Christ when they nailed him to a cross and murdered him. Three days later, right. he, he proved otherwise. But he came off the cross while he's still on it, saying, forgive them. That is the type of lifestyle that God demands. Well, and then, you know, we've, we've seen some, uh, we've seen some people in acts that before you know, they weren't converted to Christianity, they were still Jewish that pulled off some pretty amazing things, including Saul, who we're talking about next time. Yep. But they were not right. I mean, they, they had rejected Christ and that's the deal. Even if you, no matter what you do or claim you can do, if Christ is not at the, at the heart of it, you've missed the whole thing. The mobs said, we will cancel Jesus and get rid of him, murder him. They did. Three days later, he's back. 
the messengers that took that message, like Stephen, they canceled them yep. by having them killed. The apostle Paul was there giving approval to it. He was on the wrong side. Once he got on the right side, before it was all over, they killed him. They killed yeah. Jesus. They killed yeah. his followers, including the apostle Paul. So you look at it and you say, where's the forgiveness in all this? From one place, Jesus was the only one. Forgive them. Remember Stephen? He said, forgive them. Don't hold this sin against them. The, the problem, apostle Paul, same way. The problem with having a rule-oriented system, which a lot of churches do, is that they just make up more rules. Yep. And you see it from church to church. If you go there, oh, here, you know, you can't do this. And, and what they'll do is once you go down that road, when you're trying to observe all the rules perfectly, well, then there's implied rules that come out of that that people, I mean, I was trying to think of a specific example. I mean, the only thing that popped in my head is like, this is a business thing that people say, but they'll, they'll always use this analogy about a fish rots from the head. So they're like, if a business is bad, they say, you know, and they use that metaphor. Well, that, that's not true. We, we commercial fish for a year. A guy in Italy said that in 1600, and everybody's like, oh, fish rot from the head, fish from, rot from the head. Yep. I mean, I get what you're trying to say. If the leadership's bad, the business is going to be bad. But the fish rots from the inside, the, the gut, because and we know that from 25 years of commercial fishing. Now, yep. we'll, you, you'll check the gills because you're trying to figure out, is he rotten? But if you open up that gut, and my point is, it's what you can't, it's on the inside. And so that's, that's just an illustration that kind of goes along with what we're saying it might be bad leadership, but when you look at it from a godly standpoint, it's, it's what Phil said. It's the heart. That's what, what we, we can't tell. If somebody says, Lord, Lord, didn't I do it? Well, if the heart's bad, but we can't tell. How can you tell if it's rotten? Jesus said, the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, Adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Remember, their words, uh, Al. Yeah. These are what make a man unclean because they were throwing a fit, but eating and un with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. They were saying, you, you weren't, you didn't cleanse. You said, if you didn't outwardly, they, they just didn't get it out. Yeah, because the rule was washing your hands. You yeah. broke the rule. Well, Forget if your heart was from, which is kind of. Jesus you, was saying, get the heart washed and you'll be okay. You did a better job of explaining that, but. To illustrate your point, both of you, you know, that's the God instituted the idea of the hand washing way back, mainly just so people wouldn't get germs in their mouth and get sick. It, it was a simple, the reason he put it out there was for their own good. Now you come along 1,500 years later, and these people have turned it into, you can't even eat. You know, I mean, you can't even do anything without all these ritualistic things. And yeah. that's what happens with law. To your, it just multiplies on top of itself. All right. Rule upon rule. My point about the fish was, whether it's from the gut or the, uh, you know, the head, it, it, the, the, you're trying to figure out when things go wrong. And so you're trying to have a rule-oriented <clears throat> system. When you go... To God's word and use that as your standard and read he he was all about redeeming you from the law he that's why he said he canceled that that 
He didn't want you to have the frustration and the manipulation of going down that road. And plus, guess what? We're never going to achieve at our own righteousness. It's it's a losing proposition no matter who you're with. So I'm glad he redeemed us from the law. But I do realize that a lot of people have a hard time living in grace. Yep. I mean, I learned that from going to the prison system and trying to help people. And I realized after about day three that I did that, that some people like being in there. Yep. If you practice which is what hard, you, it's if, hard for me to get a, get a grip on that. If you practice what you preach, you'll find out that love your neighbor as yourself. Love, this is Romans 13, 8 and following 9. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, Love is the fulfillment of the law. Instead of looking at it like rule after rule after rule, you say, but do you love your brother? Because if you had loved him, you wouldn't have stolen that money from him. They're worrying about, I better not make sure I don't steal from my neighbor because, you know, because God may get me on that. But then they work a way around where they slick people out of money and this and that and the other. But their problem is they don't love them. That's why they're stealing from them. All right, I know we got to go, but look, I cleaned this up where you can see it. You see the one cent? And I found two silvers, both dimes. One Uh, cent. At one time, a penny would go further than it does now, Jason. I mean, look how big it is. Oh, yeah. That that used to be the penny. Now you see why we needed to make, you know, some changes. You could have a pocket full of money, and you wouldn't have but 15 (laughs) or 20 of them. This thing's like a huge. And I look, you know know, what's... You know it's weird. I went to yeah. I went to Virginia and I found in the same hole I found five coins, a buffalo nickel which I dropped a while ago, two silver dimes, an eighteen twenty eight penny, and a Canadian penny. I thought that was weird. (laughs) I think it. I don't know. So anyway, that was the report. Sorry it took so long to get through, but I mean, just thought I'd share. Travel lot, so I was intrigued by your story. I'm glad you made it back. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.